Hello and welcome back to Kyle's Antonio Monologue. In this episode, we're going to be covering the Babylon 5 Season 4 episode of Rumors, Bargains, and Lies. So this is a really good episode, um, and really has a very central theme that it covers in a multitude of ways uh, through both the main uh, story points in this episode. So you have the Sheridan stuff, and then you have the Delenn and, you know, Mimbari Civil War situation brewing. Um, so the main theme is fear and paranoia. Fear and paranoia are a tool. Um, you can use it to bond, you know, in times of crisis, people bond together uh, to... Uh, ensure safety, to uh, fight against the common enemy, blah, blah, blah. And then you can also use uh, fear and paranoia to divide, uh, to conquer, uh, and to render ineffective. Uh, in the, and we see Sheridan use it to bond, and then we see the growing situation with the Mimbari using that to divide. Um, and it, it really works as a central thesis on the the power that fear and paranoia wield over our psyche uh, and how it can be used for both good and for ill. You know, there's no such thing as bravery without fear. Uh, we require fear to accomplish things. It's, our, it's one of our main driving forces. Uh, but many people look at fear as a bad thing, but it can be a good thing at the same time. And that's what this episode is all about, is sort of analyzing that. So let's look at the Sheridan side of it. Um, he's using it to bond together the, the League of Non-Aligned Worlds. Um, you know, he needs to... Uh, sort of make sure that they all agree to use the rangers to patrol their borders, protect themselves from the, from the you know, raiders and um, potentially the Drock and other uh, miscreants. And he finally got the Narn and the Centauri to agree, but he realized the League is, is not going to wholly agree because they are too suspicious, they are going to insular, uh, and they are, uh, even though they bonded together during the Shadow War to deal with the shadows, that bonding is slowly breaking apart because, you know, as he said last week or last episode, you know, it, it's easy to come together in a common cause to defeat a common enemy. Once that dividing, once that unifying factor is gone, people return to their natural state, you know, insular, selfish, etc. So, he cheats. You know, he sends Marcus, you know, out to uh, this, you know, remote sector uh, and has him blow up a couple asteroids, you know, uh, encourages Ivanova to, uh, you know, uh, broadcast on her uh, voice of resistance that absolutely nothing is going on in sector 83 by 9 by 12 
has Franklin asked for um, a more, uh, you know, blood supply and um, medical information on the various different Uyghur worlds? Uh, just in case of a crisis or an attack, he's brewing the suspicion. And then the people who are in the know are instructed, such as, you know, uh, Londo and Jakar, are instructed to not tell anyone. Uh, and just keep it hush-hush. Um, this is where it, it seems like it's need the new basis. Uh, these people who are already paranoid about the shadows... Uh, and the Shadows were only defeated not too long ago, and same with the Vorlons, um, are going to grow increasingly paranoid and fearful, uh, and it's played up for comedy, both how Sheridan cooks up this plan, but also how the different ambassadors of the League worlds, like, there could be invisible enemies everywhere. Um, and, and then they force Sheridan into an agreement to have the rangers patrol their borders. And he, you know, he, he, he plays along, but this is exactly what he wanted. Um, the, it is fear and paranoia bonding together. He basically, in order, be, be, they bonded so well against the Shadows and the Vorlons. They had a common enemy. Now they don't. Uh, but they still need to work together for... Pretty much the survival of, you know, everyone. It would be easier if they all grow together as a, you know, interstellar community. Uh, and so, uh, Sheridan, in effect, forcibly, fictionally, creates a common enemy for them to bond together through the use of fear and paranoia and need to know information, thus, you know, classically manipulating them into exactly what he wants. It's perfect. Um, and in a side note on that, I really like Ivanova's brief apprehension to what was going on. Because, um, uh, you know, Sheridan's acting very strange, and everybody's like, oh my god, you know, he's he's being really weird about this, and, uh, you know, this is what he's like, you know, when, when, when Delenn's not around, I can't wait to see what it is going to be later. Uh, and there's a hint that, you know, Sheridan perhaps is letting this go too far to his head. And, he, you know, he's uh, going a bit stir-crazy. Uh, but when he comes to Ivanova and says, Hey, please just plant a story. You know, say nothing, absolutely nothing happened in Sector 83 by 9 by 12. She is apprehensive against this at first until she figures out what his plan is, really. Uh, is they're an anti-propaganda broadcast. You know, Clark and his regime are, you know, blasting their horns about how uh, alien influences Babylon 5 and, uh, and, and all this evil vileness, blah, 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 blah. Nothing but pure propaganda and falsehoods. They are countering that with the truth and only the truth. Um, if they start, you know, sending out their own propaganda, then that defeats A, their purpose, B, their morals, and C, sows distrust. And Sheridan, you know, having wisely thought of this, goes, well, 
this isn't exactly propaganda. You're just saying that nothing happened here. Uh, because he arranged a situation to happen there uh, to manipulate the leaguers into joining, you know, the the, the defense pact. Um, and, and I agree with Ivanova. Like, that, that is a fine line, you know, that is a fine line to walk. Um, and you gotta be incredibly careful. Now, let's go to the other end of this little uh, thesis on fear and paranoia and how it can be used as a tool for the opposite. You, we see with the brewing Membari Civil War situation, fear and paranoia being used to keep to tradition, to keep to um, the old ways, to breed this and foster this sort of culture of untrust uh, you know mistrust and disbelief and it, it's being used to divide one thing i really like is delin has several doubts with herself this episode um and uh lanier tries to reassure her um, but from things that Nehrun says and things that happened, her doubts are kind of, you know, warranted. She fears that this issue, this Membari Civil War issue, was caused ultimately by her dissolving uh, the Grey Council. With no ruling council, the cast were, you know, uh, sort of... Uh, led uh, given to their own devices, which eventually led to strife and conflict between the different ideologies, and thus we have this civil war situation. I would argue it's a bit more complicated than that, um, but her dissolving the Great Council was Archduke Ferdinand. Uh, what I mean by that is uh, very common, very common knowledge. World War One began ultimately when with the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand. However, many historians and uh, you know people in the know have looked at the current state of the world as of World War, or just prior to World War One, and noticed that based on the uh, defense alliances and other situations going on in, in political strife. The entire situation was a powder keg. And no matter what happened, that war was going to kick off. Archduke Ferdinand's assassination was merely the match that lit the flame. It is not it did not have to be that one. There could have been any numerous other events that caused that situation and that war to happen. It just it was always going to happen. We just happen to live in the universe where Archduke Ferdinand's death is what caused it. So, the strife between the warrior and religious caste in particular has been, you know, shown to us and demonstrated multiple times since season one. You know, uh, the Grey Council does not disperse until season three. Um, and so this really, uh, you know, uh, shows that this was 
always going to happen at some point. And Lanier says, well, we, we knew that the Grey Council was going to be dissolved because Valen said, you know, and Delenn correctly counters, Valen is not some prophet. You know, we, of all people, know this. You know, it was just merely Sinclair from the future. Um, so he could only state what he knew was going to happen. That's why he seemed like a prophet, because, well, he was from the future. Um, so there's this underlying culture of mistrust between the cast that was going to ignite in something at some point. And we see that most prominently with the, the, uh, small group of religious cast, uh, that we see throughout this episode. They, um... They're constantly talking about how, you know, the, the warrior caste is mistrustful of them and the warrior caste only wants war and they, they don't understand honor and they blah, 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 blah. And they, they, they it's all platitudes about uh, ultimately the segregation of the Mimbari society. What you have is a situation uh, in which... If this is going to sound familiar to, uh, you know, me talking about various things in B5, because B5 is analyzing a lot of the same things through different lenses to really get that point across. What you have is one side and another side that say, death to the opposition. Uh, and they are so blinded by their zealotry and their sheer hatred and the culture that they grew up in, that that says to mistrust, to not understand, to uh, sort of shun the other side, and therefore it is they become sort of the the classic abused mentality that in order to negotiate with the other side that would see be seen as giving in bowing down a weakness but any aggressive action is seen as in a defensive measure to protect yourself from the oppressive side this is not wholly true um if you are in a situation where you're abused you're mistreated you're oppressed whatever you should find your way out of it but violence should and always be the last result and shouldn't even be on the table, in my opinion. The moment you start turning to violence and terrorism to get your point across, you have lost your point. And this is the, this is the result of the cycles of violence. It always has been. Uh, and I've talked about this numerous times, especially with the Narn and the Centauri, um, that this this constant cycle that we go through as a human species over and over and over throughout history it's ridiculous uh, you know the two sides say death to the opposition then one of them gets the upper hand destroys the other one uh you know then the cycle repeats um it is a constant state of abuse and oppression uh, the oppressors become the oppressed, the oppressed become the oppressors, on and on and on and on, and it's miserable. And there has to be another way, and that's where Delenn comes in. She 
firmly believes that there is a peaceful option here. As far as she's concerned, you know, the the Minbari have the, the rule, Minbari do not kill all the Minbari. And that is being broken, and that rule is sacred to her. Uh, and so she wants to find a way to work around this situation. Uh, and the other the other religious cast members see her as weak of as doing this. And this ultimately feels uh, maybe it's because I've been watching I I've been recently rewatching Ronald or, or watching in its entirety because it's a brand new show. Uh, Ron D. Moore's uh, For All Mankind, which is an alternate history look at the space race and the Cold War. And I've also been uh, re-watching some other stuff uh, that, that are Cold War-related media, which has renewed my interest in looking at Cold War history. And there was this, there's this great sense for many decades, especially in the latter uh, bits of the Cold War, that the U.S., uh, you know, the United States of America and the Soviet Union had been stuck in this constant state of Cold War for so long, it had become a normality. And any change in that status quo was seen as a scary proposition. They were scared to change, scared to grow. Uh, and so... You have, a, you have a lot of people who don't want to look past those hatreds, those biases, and they want to continue this cycle that leads to only more suffering, more death, more paranoia, more fear, and more hatred, simply because it's all they know. Um, and that reminds me a whole lot of this situation, where you have two sides who have been at odds for, goodness knows, probably you know, a thousand years, if not more, uh, and uh, they haven't ever went to, you know, battle with each other in over a thousand years, but that strife between them, that mistrust, that fear, the paranoia of each other was always there, and it's just been festering. And now Delin comes in and says, we can solve it. We can st we can put a stop to this if we sit down and talk and listen and understand, and both sides don't just won't listen because they're too scared of the change. You know, people can be very very frightened of change, uh, and this is the situation that you know the Minbari find themselves in is the reluctance is the reluctance to even bother changing. Uh, because they'd much rather be stuck in the cycle of grief and suffering. Because it's all they know. Uh, and when Lanier stops the poisoning attempt that the religious caste attempted to do, uh, you know, he, 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 he makes a great plea of, you know, have, have we fallen so far that we can't even trust each other? But when he, when... Delenn asks what happened. He does not tell Delenn the whole truth. He mentions, merely mentions that he, uh, you know, found the situation, solved it at great risk to himself. You know, people would have died otherwise. He does not mention the religious caste planted, uh, you know, the 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 uh, the few supply that was going to 
poison the entire ship and martyr them and then kill the uh, the worker uh, the, the, the the workers and the warriors on board as well as Delenn and Arun and everyone else. I uh, and when asked why he says that Delenn lives in a more perfect or better world, a world where we are better than who we are, a world in which kindness and love and compassion and honor wins out over hatred, fear, and paranoia. And he'd much rather live in her world and see her world flourish than this real world. So he guards her from that. However, I kind of disagree with Linnea. Delin has shown many times a savvy understanding of the way um, people think. She is an idealist. An optimist and an idealist. Um, and a lot of her beliefs are my beliefs. But here's the thing. She always has this underlying understanding that there is fear and paranoia and bigotry underlying the surface. And, you know, the smallest pinprick can let them loose. Um, and when... The religious caste has planted their poison, and there's a situation where Nerun is attacked, and they all have to gather and talk things through. Delenn gives a speech about how extremists always turn to terrorism in order to become martyrs because they are too afraid to uh, accept change or talk or negotiate or understand each other. And she does it as a way of sort of treating the rest of the religious guests like 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 a child like children and sort of you know giving them their their righteous spanking effectively and as a result because of the way Mira Furlan plays that scene and the way in the way Delin talks in particular I guarantee she knew she put those pieces together she had the sneaky feeling she lit Lanier ironically leaving his little world that he can protect her because, well, you know, he's in love with her and it's kind of obvious and who wouldn't be surprised if she didn't already figure that out. So in order to give him the illusion that he is the knight in shiny armor for her, she lets him pretend that she doesn't know. Uh, and I think that is, you know... It, it, because there is evidence to say that she didn't. Uh, and then there's evidence to say she did. So I think that's the real kicker. Is ultimately, did Delenn know what the religious caste was trying to do? Did she know about the poisoning? And now, I come to the end here. Uh, and I end Nehrun. I haven't talked a whole lot about him. But Nehrun is an interesting person. He always has been. Uh, ever since season one. He's this warrior cast member who has, you know, uh, been, been sort of stuck in the cycle of tradition and belief in his cast and the superiority of his cast for so long that he has become dis slightly disillusioned with the lie. And yet he still believes it. And we start seeing that disillusionment crack in season three uh, in the episode Great, The Grey Seventeen is Missing. 
uh, where, you know, Marcus tr basically gives his life in the Din Shah to protect Alen, and he sees that, you know, th this situation where it looks like Delenn is trying to grab power um, is not actually that, but instead her bringing people together. Um, and there's these quiet, very brief moments where we see him for who he truly is outside of that warrior mask that he wears uh, to present himself to other members of his cast. And we see that he's deep down an introspective man who cares for what Delenn says. He doesn't necessarily believe entirely what she says. He perhaps believes that she's a bit too idealistic. But he, but he wishes, you know, he, you know, he, he wishes to, you know, veil in himself that she could be right. That this horribleness and this strife didn't have to happen. And at the very end, we see that he was put there as a spy to find out what the religious caste was planning so that he could tell the, the leader of the warrior caste, Shakiri, and so that the warrior caste can strike back. But the way the actor plays it, Nehrun is, is, you know, giving that message to the Shakiri, and he's like, you know, the religious caste will fall, you know, uh, in a matter of hours, and blah, blah, blah. But the way he's saying it, it's very... Um, not apprehensive, but, uh, distant, as though he's reconsidering what his role was, what his mission was, whether he even agrees with what he was doing or not. Maybe he's lying, you know, to himself or whatnot, but he, something Dylan said made him think that perhaps this strife does not need to happen perhaps shouldn't happen but he's going along with it because the fear and the paranoia and the culture of mistrust bred into the warrior religious castes since you know a thousand years if not more forces him to play this role whether he wants to or not it's a really really good episode this episode you know rumors bargains and lies uh, very, very good episode, very good thesis on fear and paranoia, and how it can be used for both good and for ill, uh, and we got some really good stuff coming up, coming up soon, so, I'll see you later, until then, bye! <laughs>